Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. In the words of our former fearless leader, Matt McGavick, I want to give all of you a big welcome, welcome, welcome to the Third and Central podcast, the only podcast dedicated solely to the University of Louisville baseball program. As many of you know by now, this is your host, Matt Sefcovic. I'm taking over as the host from Matt McGavick, who unfortunately had to step away from the podcast due to his responsibilities with Sports Illustrated with the state of Louisville. We all know Matt. He's a tireless worker. He covers a lot of ground in the city of Louisville. He covers the men's basketball team, the women's basketball team, football team, baseball team, and anything and everything in between. Um, I just want to give Matt a huge shout out. Um, Without him, you know, this thing wouldn't be where it is today. He really had the vision for the third and central podcast a season ago when we got it started. So just want to give him a huge shout out, huge thank you um, for getting the third and central podcast going. So Matt and I talked about this and he handed the reins over to me. It was just me as the co-host. So I promoted myself to host and the search for a co-host began. So I started talking with Jacob, um, state of Louisville, and I gave him a couple names. And really it started and ended with Aaron, who's our new co-host. Most of you know Aaron on Twitter by Louisville Baseball Alumni Report account that he runs. Um, You know, he's there's no one better than keeping up with cards and the pros when it comes to Louisville baseball. His knowledge of the Louisville baseball alumni is really unmatched. Uh, after chatting with him a little bit, it was easy to tell that he just gets Louisville baseball. He follows it. He knows it inside and out. He knows the alum. He knows the current players. And let's be honest, if, if you're going to follow college baseball as in-depth as he does, it's tough to do these days because they play so many games. There's so many players on the roster. It's, it's just a, it's not an easy sport to follow. You know, it's not like football. They play one game every Saturday. You know, you've got a, a three-game series every weekend. You've got one or two midweek games every week. You've got rosters that are huge. You know, there's just a lot that goes into it. And you can tell his attention to detail and his love for the Louisville baseball is unmatched. So that's why Aaron's here today. Um, I think he's going to bring a lot to the podcast. He has a lot, a lot of knowledge of the cards and the pros that you'll see at the end of the podcast. We're going to have a section about that just to update everybody on what our alumni are doing. Um, so, Aaron, just take a couple minutes to introduce yourself. Tell us how you got involved following Louisville baseball and how we got where we are today. Yeah, thanks, Matt. I'm really looking forward to getting this going. 
Um, so I am just 20 years old. And what really got me into Louisville baseball is, you know, I wasn't always a Louisville fan, actually. I uh, didn't really get into Louisville sports till I was about 10 or 11 years old. And that was right around that era of 2013, 2014, where everything was good and it was really fun to watch. And uh, But I've always been a baseball guy first. And from that first second I walked into Jim Patterson Stadium, you kind of feel the, uh, the culture that's there and the winning attitude. And it's really easy to gravitate to. And so that started my love for Louisville baseball. And then, you know, as far as the alumni go, I actually started up the account just uh, last August. I didn't expect to get this much momentum so quickly. It's been amazing to follow. And, uh, you know, that all started with I'm actually a baseball uh, card collector and my collection is all just Louisville baseball pros. And so, you know, I always went around and and got all the info that I could on these guys and followed them through their through their careers as I you know also invested in them too with cards and I figured you know what if if I'm doing all this I'm sure other people want that same information so that's what sparked the Twitter account. Well definitely like I said if you're not following Aaron right now you need to get over to Twitter find his page give him a follow I'll link it in this podcast. He's going to bring great things to the podcast the alumni uh, spectrum that he is going to bring to us and the stuff, the knowledge that he has of that, I think it's really going to help us a lot and it's going to give a lot back to um, to our fans. Kind of the expectations for the podcast going forward, Aaron and I would like to start recording on a weekly, bi-weekly basis, kind of depend on where we are in the season. Um, so that that's kind of what you can expect from us. You know, during conference play, you'll probably hear a little bit more out of us uh, during the slow times of the season, probably not as much. But just to let everybody know kind of what we're going to do going forward and what our plans are. So we haven't recorded in a bit, so we've got a lot of catch up on. Uh, currently, Louisville sits at 25 and 11. That's after the win tonight against Kentucky. Nine and six in conference play. Uh, they started six and zero, oh, but still got some ground to make up. Right now, they are ranked anywhere from I believe 11th to 22nd. I think collegiate baseball has them all the way up to 11th. Perfect game is at 22nd. Baseball America's 13. D1 Baseball 16. National College Baseball Writers Association at 17. And the coaches poll has us at 18 right now. I know that brings up a question that we get an awful lot, and it's it's never going to stop. Is why are there six polls and I don't really have an answer for that. It's, it seems kind of ridiculous to me. But nonetheless, the polls, um, after getting swept by Florida State last week, I, I thought they were pretty generous to Louisville. We were sitting around 9, 10, you know, so some of them to still be around 11, 13, you know, 16. I, I thought that was pretty generous after getting swept in Tallahassee. Yeah, I definitely agree with that one. Aaron, where, where do we sit right now in the RPI? So with RPI, we are currently at 38. That was a five-spot jump after tonight's win over Kentucky. We were at 43 coming into the day. And for those of you who don't know what RPI is, that is Rating Percentage Index. And basically, that just takes your winning percentage, your opponent's winning percentage, and your opponent's opponent's winning percentage, throws it all into a big formula, and that's how we get the RPI. It's not a perfect system, but it's uh, it's what we got. And for you know comparison, last year Louisville finished at seventy in RPI, and so right now we're at thirty eight in much better shape than we were last year. And strength of schedule right now is right around sixty. That number just continues to climb. I think before tonight it was around sixty three, so it bumped three spots. Even playing a, a team, a Kentucky team that's not that great, just playing that SEC team, it, it, it's going to help. And as Louisville continues to play more conference games, that number is going to bump up just because the competition is greater. Louisville's only played 
half of their conference games. And I think they're a series behind. Most teams have already played 18 conference games. We played 15. So there, there's a lot of room for growth there in the strength of schedule at 60. And if you look at RPI, like Aaron said, it's it, it's not a perfect system. But if you look at the teams that make the NCAA tournament, they really coincide with RPI. It, it, it's it's kind of scary how kind of perfect those two line up with each other each year. Like I said, we've got a lot to catch up on. So we're going to kind of run through the first half of the season. One of the most exciting series to me this season, when you looked at the schedule, was the Michigan series. Louisville doesn't seem to host a ton of -of out-of-conference weekend series that fans get too terribly excited about. But when this Michigan game popped up, and I was was extremely excited to see a, a Big Ten team that had been to the College World Series final just two years ago come to Jim Patterson Stadium. And it was a wild game. I know it's been a while now, but uh, Louisville won the the first game five to three. They lost the second game sixteen to seven, and then they end up winning the finale thirteen to one. If you remember right, this series kind of got a lot of attention <laughs> because of the snow. You probably recall the videos going around Twitter. If not, search for them. Out hilarious. You know, Michigan comes down to Kentucky, and you can barely watch the game on TV if you weren't there because it, it was so snowy. You just, you just couldn't see what the players were doing or where the ball was going. I don't know if you got to take any of that series, Aaron, but it was a, it was a sight to see for college baseball in Louisville. Yeah, what's funny about that series is I was actually at that at that uh, Friday doubleheader, and. Uh, I had tweeted before the game a picture from my seat and said, beautiful day to play two. <laughs> well, we, it was a beautiful day to play one. And then when two came around, it was not so beautiful. <laughs> I was not one of those who hung around for the entirety of, you know, all four innings. I think I ended up leaving in the third inning when it got really bad. So kudos to you if you stuck around for that game. I, I didn't go to it personally myself, but I, I know the I watched the final game. Or I, I think I watched all three of them, but the final game, I think we hit five home runs in the finale to win thirteen to one. So it was a it's a big series. I think I was looking earlier today. I don't know where Michigan is now because there's been games played today. Michigan is around seventieth in RPI, so that series could turn up to be a a pretty good win for Louisville come the um, resume time. So after that Michigan series weekend after we hosted Notre Dame, that was a huge series that we had circled on our calendar all year. You know, you talk about the revenge tour, the way that that series ended last year, final game being postponed due to wind. It was never made up. I think the cards definitely had a chip on their shoulder and they played like, it. you know, a three and O weekend. Uh, that was really great to see, you know, at the time uh, Notre Dame was ranked number one in a few polls and we really took it to them which was awesome. And, uh, you know, biggest, biggest hit of that game by far was Isaac Humphrey's game three late inning home run, which really propelled us to the, that win right there. I don't think I've ever been so excited to see one hit in Louisville baseball history, but man, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. That was a heck of a series. And I'm with you that the way the game got canceled last season because of wind and it was the best thing about that, the way that situation went down was, I don't know if a lot of people know this, Dan McDonald actually took the team onto the field and practiced during the game, what, when the game time would have been scheduled to be played at Notre Dame last year. Yeah. So they could play a game, but he took his team out there to practice. So just kind of a little, you know, kind of, hey, I got you right there. Yeah. They left town and then came home and swept them this season. So uh, after the after Notre Dame series, we played Boston College. I'm not really going to get into that much, to be honest with you. Boston College is 3-15 and 15 in the ACC, and they're just getting swept every weekend they play. So there's, there's not a whole lot to talk about there because Boston College is just – they're Boston College when it comes to baseball. So um, after that, we took on Pittsburgh and Aaron. Kind of walk us through what happened there. 
Yeah, so with Pitt, that was kind of a head scratcher, to be honest with you. You know, we had a, a Friday game postponed, played two on Saturday, and the cards didn't really look like themselves coming out. We uh, fell down pretty early. I believe it was an eight to one score going into the late innings and eventually almost mounted a miraculous comeback on the the wings of Ben Metzinger and his three-run blast in the ninth fell just short and lost eight to seven. Uh, but we were able to carry that momentum to game two that day, and we really took it to him at the plate. I believe we put up 16 in that game two route against Pitt. And it felt really good going into Sunday, and unfortunately it just didn't work out the way that you wanted it to and uh, ended up losing two or three. That was the Cards' first uh, first series loss of the year. And, you know, that's baseball. That happens. Yeah, that one was a head-scratcher. That's a series, I think, when you look at the schedule this season, you know, playing Pitt, that's that's one that you, you want to win, and you, you think you could possibly sweep that series and to go up there and lose. Now, that to be said, I think – uh, Pitt has now beat Louisville, and they've won four ACC series in a row. So they're actually pretty hot right now. I think they're not an eight in conference. So they're actually making some noise. They beat Clemson a couple weeks ago. I can't remember who they beat this weekend, but they've won four conference series in a row. And, you know, Louisville, they're sitting at nine and six right now in conference. You just win one of those games, you're at 10 and five, and you're sitting pretty with NC State behind you at 10 and seven. But, you know, like you said, it's it's baseball and it happens. Yeah. Um, the midweek after that, they played Kentucky. We're not touching a lot on a lot of the midweek games, but since it is a rivalry week, that game was actually postponed due to weather. From my understanding, Louisville wanted to play the game. Kentucky didn't. That's neither here nor there. They're working to make that game up. I just don't see it happen, honestly. It's, it's tough to add a midweek game in college baseball at this point in the season because here soon you're going to – I think we've got a game on the road at Vandy. We've got a Thursday through Saturday series. You're, you're not going to add another away game at Kentucky when you already have to go to Vandy one day during the week. You're not going to travel to Kentucky when you have a Thursday series. Kentucky has a Thursday series or two. It, it's – I just don't know at this point in the season how you get it in, but they are allegedly trying to get that game in, so – uh, we'll see where that goes. <clears throat> After that, we played North Carolina. Uh, that was probably one of the most bizarre series I've ever seen. Lost to the opening game 13 to 9, and then won the second game 9 to 8. Metzinger actually hit a home run in the bottom of the 10th to win that one. And then they came back on Sunday for the rubber match, and the game took seven hours and 20 minutes. Um, they had a bomb threat in, I want to say, the sixth inning. The top of the sixth, I think Louisville was down, I think, five to one, if I'm not mistaken. And there was a bomb threat at Jim Patterson Stadium that was called in that was on an online forum. Anyways, uh, they evacuated the stadium after getting the bomb dogs and police and SWAT team, everybody involved. They cleared the stadium, let the players and coaches and umpires, that was it. Media couldn't come back. Fans couldn't come back. Came back in. And not only did they have a bomb threat, they had a long delay. Then the game went 14 innings. <laughs> in the four, bottom of the 14th, I think the bases were loaded, and Isaac Humphreys hit a ball off the right field wall, um, counted as a single. Would have been at least a double or triple probably, but counted as a single, and Louisville won that game 6-5. to five. And I thought they were going to carry a lot of momentum. Then Florida State happened. Yeah, I mean, you know, you run into Parker Messick, one of the top pitchers in the ACC, and you just can't spot Parker Messick five runs. and That's just not going to happen. You know, the bats went cold, and 
you know, that, that Florida State team, while unranked, that is a very tough team. I was surprised to see this week that they're still not ranked after that sweep of us, whatever. Um, and then the bats again on Saturday didn't really look like they had showed up to play. And then finally on Sunday, you think that you got a little bit of momentum going. Then the Florida State bats woke up and the bullpen had their share of issues. And, you know, once again, we had we came so close to that late inning comeback uh, propelled by a Ben Metzinger home run once again. And it just didn't happen for us. And so it was it was a bit of an eye opener to see, you know, this this team uh, struggle the way that they did. But, you know, I, I think that we're better for it in the long run. Take your lumps now. No, I agree with you. And I, I think, like you said about Parker Messick, between him and Bryce Hubbard, Good luck to anybody that has to face those two in a regional. I, I don't care where they're playing, but if you've got a two-headed monster like those two, it, it's going to be tough. I mean, oh, it, for sure. Those are two of the best pitchers in the conference, and they're the you know Friday and Saturday night guys for one one team. Not to mention, Louisville ne- never plays well in Tallahassee. They just don't. I, don't. I don't know why. I don't have the numbers sitting in front of me, but every time we go down there, it, it, I don't want to say it's not worth watching, but they just, they just never play well in Tallahassee. So I don't know if it's 30 degrees up here and then they go down there and play in 80 degree weather. I don't know, but needless to say, um, they've got to regroup and they did tonight against Kentucky, you know, pick up a four, two victory over your in-state rival. They didn't look good, but you know, a win is a win and we'll take it. Masterman hit his 13th home run, I think in the bottom of the first inning, to get things started for Louisville. And after that, they only had three hits for the final seven at-bats they had. Uh, Kentucky doubled them up in hits, I think, eight to four. But the pitching staff really looked good tonight. They got in a lot of jams, hadn't gotten a lot of trouble. Ryan Hawks came in, I think, in the sixth with uh, bases loaded, um, no outs, and just gave up one run on a pop-up to left field that they scored on a sack fly. So Hawks looked good. Uh, Prosecchi got in a jam in the ninth. He gave up a run, but – um, Chase Step came up, which is Kentucky's, I would say, best, but only real threat at the plate, came up with the tying run on second base and um, got a ground ball to Metzinger at third and tagged the runner out, and that was it. So, you know, Kentucky got back on track – or Louisville got back on track tonight with a win over Kentucky, but uh, they've got North Carolina State coming this weekend. The Wolfpack right now are 10-7 and seven in the conference, which is just uh, – a tad behind uh, Louisville at nine and six. So the Wolfpack are on our heels. They're 23 and 11 overall. So they'll be here Friday night and plan accordingly for this. They play at eight o'clock on Friday night. Now, Aaron, I know for you, that's not as big of a deal because you're a time zone behind us. (laughs) For old folks like me, an eight o'clock game that goes three and a half hours, four hours, depending on how long Louisville decides they want to play. That's <laughs> late in the late into the night for me, but uh, needless to say, it, it is on the ACC network. You don't have to worry about streaming this thing anywhere. Um, you can listen to Sean Moth on 93.9, but it will be on ACC network, which I'm kind of surprised that's the game they went with just due to the time of it, but um, it, it'll be on regular TV uh, Friday night and then Saturday, Sunday are going to be at one o'clock. The Wolfpack, you know, they had a really strange season last year. They started off with a horrible record in the conference and they ended up making it to the College World Series before their season came to an end overnight due to COVID. I'm sure we all remember that fiasco that went down. But 
they're they've got three really good pitchers in the rotation. Um, Logan Whitaker is going to be their Friday night guy, or I, I say he will be. I don't know. That's this is what they've done the past couple weeks. Um, Four point oh one ERA. Matt Williston, he's one and three with a five forty four and. <clears throat> Cannon Silver, I think is how you say his name. He's five and zero with the two thirteen ERA. He just he's only had two starts on the season. They just moved him from the bullpen. You remember Sam Highfield, who was their kind of go to guy last year during their postseason run. He was the one that really propelled them to Omaha. He's really been a non factor. He's not really even seen any innings this year. Um, Elliot Avent, the North Carolina State's coach, talked a little bit, and it, it just doesn't seem like he's anywhere near coming back to um, playing. So I don't think we'll see him this weekend. Yeah, and to add on to uh, your NC State right there, uh, one guy we should really keep an eye on for them, I think, at the plate would be uh, Tommy White. goes by the nickname of Tanks because I think he had, what, eight or nine home runs in the first couple weeks of the season. And he's definitely slowed down on the the home run production, but he's still hitting, I think, three. His batting average is north of 300, so he is still – a freshman feed on definitely a guy to look out for this weekend. We can't go any further without talking about Elliot Avent, North Carolina State's coach. I've got to tell this story. This was, I think, in 2016. It's been a while now, but they were supposed to come here in Louisville to play a series a handful of years ago, and he missed the series. He didn't travel with the team because him and his dog got bit by a copperhead. Do you remember this happening? I do not remember this happening, no. Obviously, it, it's funny. We can laugh about it now. But, yeah, he didn't travel with the team because him and his dog got attacked and they both got bit by a copperhead and had to go to the hospital and to the vet. So that is crazy. Hopefully hopefully their coach can make it this weekend and he doesn't have any uh, snake bites. Yes, please, none of that. All right, so after NC State this weekend, just a quick look ahead to next week, and we'll hopefully touch on it a little bit more next week, just what's coming up. Uh, We host Western Kentucky next Tuesday in a midweek game. That is a rematch of a game we played earlier in the season where we did what we were supposed to do and scored a lot of runs on Western Kentucky, but you never know what can happen in midweek games. And then after that, we take on Clemson. Clemson is not their normal self this year. Clemson sits currently at 23 and 13, just four and 10 in the conference. But that is definitely not a team to write off because they are still Clemson. And uh, to be honest, they swept us last year. So we need to come out and prepare like always, even though Clemson finds themselves down near the bottom. I think I remember that series last year with Caden Grice. I think like every time I took a breath, he hit a home run. Yeah, I think it was five or six home runs yeah, that weekend. One series. Like, I, every time I turned around, Caden Grice hit a home run. Caden Grice hit a home run. So, uh, I know he's doing that again this year. So, hopefully we, we can uh, keep his back calm next weekend. Yes, please. So, just to kind of recap, like I said, Louisville's 25-11, and 9-6 and six in ACC. Aaron, I guess the biggest question is, where does this team go from here? You know, I, I think if you look – at the offensive production this team's putting up, scoring over 10 runs a game, it, you know, it makes you think that they could probably make a deep run. But then you look at the bullpen with the ERA over five. Yeah. You know, I think this team flake out in a regional. I think this team, with the right matchup, 
I'm not saying they're going to go to the College World Series, but I think with the right matchups, I think you could see this team in Omaha this year, right? I think the floor and ceiling are both very high and very low. So where do you think this team goes from here? What, what do you think? That, that is a very loaded question, you know, and the, the offense putting up about 10 runs a game, you think, oh man, that's great. But it's almost, you know, it is unfair to ask them to do that every time that we go out there and you see what happens when we match up with a guy like Parker Messick and the bats go cold. You know, you, you can't spot Parker Messick five. And there are plenty of teams like that, that we could match up with in a regional or a super regional. You can't spot the uh, starting pitcher five runs. And so the bullpen, you know, no way to sugarcoat it. It just needs to, needs to step up. And, you know, the question is who wants to be that guy? I think we've seen a lot of potential from a lot of guys out there, you know, everybody looked very strong tonight. And I think we've seen big steps forward from guys like Ryan Hawks. Uh, I'd also want to see more of guys like Ben Wigman and Alex Galvan. I think that there's a lot of potential there. I think that we really have something great, but right now it kind of feels like we're just going through growing pains and, you know, this is a Dan McDonald team. We're going to get through it. Uh, You know, you just hope that we can get through it in time for regionals this year instead of regionals next year. And I think that's the biggest thing is who's going to step up. You know, this this past weekend we saw a change in the rotation. You know, Keener, who's been the Friday night guy, um, was taken out, and then he he ended up throwing on Thursday, I believe, but it wasn't in the starting role. And then he threw again tonight. So he's obviously not going back into the rotation this weekend. So, you know, who's going to step up and be that Friday guy? Poland – Jared Poland is he's looked good this year. Um, Phillips has looked pretty good this year. Um, Prosecchi in the back of the bullpen has looked good this year, but it's the middle inning guys. I, there was a stat tonight on the TV that uh, Kentucky or Louisville has given up 20 more runs in the seventh inning than any other inning this year. So it, it, it's not the starters, it's not the closer, it's the bridge guys. Yeah, you know Keener has had his bumps in the road, but Keener's also looked really good. But it's it's the bridge guys, um, and like you you said, Hawks who has looked really good this year, but he's also looked bad this year at times. So you know you just with this team, it's like they're just throwing guys out there to see what happens. Sometimes I'm with you. I think there's a couple of younger guys that I think will probably start logging some more innings um, because they've proven themselves when they've been put out on the mound and. Uh, I think uh, you're, we're going to see that more going forward out of Roger Williams. So I'm excited to see where they go. Um, but at the same time, um, I think the the ceiling and the um, the floor on this team can are both very, you know, high and low. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. So, Aaron, like I said, you're the big you're the big pro ball guy. Um, so kind of catch us up to speed on um, – you know who who's in the pros right now? What they're doing? Where everybody is? I know we I know the cards in the pros. If we talk, we could probably have an entire episode of just where the pros are right now. So maybe touch on the guys that are in the big leagues. You know they've made their debut. You know, um, kind of who's who this year for Louisville in the in Major League Baseball. Yeah, so I'll just give a pretty brief uh, introduction and describe where what everybody's got going on right now in uh, big league ball, and hopefully we can touch on minor league ball a little bit next week. Uh, so first, uh, Kyle Funkhauser is with the Detroit Tigers. He is starting the season on the IL with a lat injury. Haven't seen too many updates on him as of late. I think he's still on track for a mid-May return. And then we got guys like Will Smith, Nick Solak, Adam Duvall. Smith with the Dodgers, Solak with the Rangers, and Duvall with the Braves have all 
solidify themselves as mainstays in their uh, respective lineups. And Nick Solak, I think, has been the coolest story out of that. You know, with the Rangers signing Simeon and Seager, you weren't really sure where Solak fit into that equation, but he really looked good in spring training and he's come out red, red hot so far this season. Uh, so he's been a big bat to watch in the Rangers lineup and he's been logging innings in left field now. Next up, we got Adam Angle, who's kind of done a little bit of everything for the White Sox uh, out in the outfield. You know, definitely a defense first guy for the White Sox. Uh, Tony La Russa has him coming off the bench a lot of nights. Defensive replacement, pinch running. All right, so that takes me to Reed Detmers, who has become a mainstay in the Angels rotation after getting drafted just back in 2020, you know, not even two years ago. And he's already making an impact at the big league club. He hasn't looked great so far, uh, just two outings on the mound. He threw against the Astros and the Rangers, two very tough lineups. And in both instances, it's just been one bad inning that has kind of gotten him uh, removed from the game. But, you know, it's Reed Detmers. He's going to do his thing. He's going to go out there and he's going to shove. And he'll definitely figure it out, that's for sure. And uh, let's see, we have Drew Ellis, who did start the season with the Diamondbacks, spent, I believe, five days with the team. He has since been optioned to Reno, and he's been doing Drew Ellis things in Reno. He's been playing a gold gold glove level defense for them, and uh, he's also been hitting some big, big home runs for them down in AAA. So I wouldn't think that it would be too long before Drew Ellis gets the call back up to Arizona. We have Chad Green, who is currently with the Yankees. He's in a relief role with them. Uh, So far this season, I believe he's made three appearances and has not yet allowed a run. We got Matt Cook, who is back with the Seattle Mariners. He was a minor league signing for them this offseason, and he hasn't pitched in the big league since 2019. Well, he uh, in his first appearance of the season in AAA Tacoma for the Mariners, he threw an immaculate inning and turned a lot of heads pretty quickly in the Mariners organization and came up pretty quick. He's now with the big league team and has made a couple appearances since then. And finally, we have Josh Rogers, who is once again a guy who did not start the season with the team, uh, but an injury to Anibal Sanchez in that Nationals rotation uh, got Josh Rogers up pretty quickly. He didn't even make a start in AAA yet. And I think that Josh Rogers was really fun to watch. I got to watch the entirety of his start, and he shoved against the reigning World Series champs, the Atlanta Braves, for five and a third innings, and I think he allowed just one run and, you know, it was just a lot of weak contact. And he was also, I was talking to several people about this. I have never seen anybody work so fast as Josh Rogers in a big league game. I think uh, his third inning out there, I think was shorter than the commercial break that preceded that (laughs) inning. So that was pretty entertaining to watch. He's a, he's a very entertaining, uh, charismatic guy. If you ever have a chance to, Tune into one of his starts at the Nationals. I highly recommend it. Yeah, uh, so, watching, oh, go ahead. I always love watching Josh play with Louisville and like listen to him. He just he just seems like he's a good dude and he loves getting behind a microphone and talking. So, uh, Josh Josh is a good dude. I like following him. Yeah, that is that's for sure. So that wraps up the guys who are currently in the big leagues. Uh, I do want to touch on a couple guys though who I really think are going to make their major league debut this season. I got Cade McClure from the. Uh, White Sox right now he's in AAA Charlotte and has looked really strong I believe well 
his last outing against Memphis didn't go so didn't go so well, but that that's another story. There were a lot of issues in that game that we won't get into. But he looks really strong, and you know that White Sox bullpen and rotation right now has been dealing with a lot of injuries, and so it wouldn't surprise me to see Kevin McClure get the call uh, pretty quickly. You know, could happen before the All Star break, even which would be awesome. And then the big name on this list, Bobby Miller, has really turned a lot of heads around Major League Baseball. You know, I think back in 2020, I think the Dodgers really got a steal with him with the 29th overall pick. And I think that if we had played a full season that year, you might see both Bobby Miller and Reed Detmers in the top 10 of that draft. But he slid the 29 at the Dodgers and he has looked really, really strong so far this year. And he is on the fast track to L.A. Not only would they have both been drafted in the top 10, Louisville would have won the national championship that year. You can go ahead and mark that down. Yes. Two, two, your Friday and Saturday night starter are drafted in the top 10. You you just get to win the national championship. It, just, it gets handed to you. So that, that's just the rule. So Louisville can go ahead and put that on the outfield wall if they want to. I like it. Let's do that. <laughs> but as you can tell, there's not anybody that co- that follows Louisville baseball alum more than Aaron does. So, like I said, go follow this dude on Twitter. Um, Aaron, where can they find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Elville. That's L-V-I-L-L-E, baseball, B-S-B-L, alum, all one word. Or you, even if you want to, you can follow me on my personal account. I don't really have much going on there, but that's at A-J-T-U-R-N-2-2. I definitely recommend following the baseball account first because I'm (laughs) – the personal doesn't have much going on, but I'll I'll take both follows. <laughs> well, guys, that wraps it up for the, I believe, the 11th episode of the 3rd and Central podcast. Again, um, just a lot of changes going on here at 3rd and Central, but excited um, for what we've got going forward. Again, my name is Matt Sefcovic. You can find me on Twitter at Matt Sefcovic, or you can find me at cardchronicle.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.